What did you do? A gentleman never tells. <laughs> I had sex. <laughs> with a girl. <laughs> and I did it good. Oh, my God. Talk all you want. Nothing can bring me down. You just had sex with your cousin Jimmy's bride. Oh. Well, that did it. <laughs> Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a woman? No Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. All right, we are here and we are ready to go for the wedding show. My name is Al. If my head wasn't attached to my body, Buck would be sleeping on it. I'm Jamie. Are you saying I'm masculine? Because I'm not masculine, I'm feminine. (laughs) And my softness is out there for the world to see. (laughs) Show it, baby. And I'm Dan. Hey, Petey, surf's up. (laughs) Toilet time for Petey. (laughs) Yeah, we are reviewing... Wedding Show, Season 7, Episode 13, Original Air Date, January 10th, 1993. Is this the first time we're in 93? It is. Wow. Wow, right? Because, yeah, because of the Christmas episode, and yeah. Wow, 1993, man. What a great year. It was. That's the year I graduated high school. Wow, no more school. I was Dan's eight. like, that's the year I was born. <laughs> no, I was eight. I was, just, I was just starting my Ninja Turtle collection. Oh, yeah. Turtles were going crazy at this time. I think that horrible third movie was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget what, as a kid, I was 13 or 12, whenever that movie came out, I still remember sitting in the theater and just staring. I still remember staring up at the screen in wonderment. And like, what is happening? Just like, what? What what are we doing? What are we doing here? Right. <laughs> As the Bundys prepare to attend their cousin Jimmy's wedding, everything goes wrong. Al can't find his suit. Peg can't get her makeup right. Kelly and the bridesmaids think they have on the wrong dresses. And Bud gets caught with the bride. Director Jerry Cohen. Writer Arthur Silver. <clears throat> special guest stars. Joey Lauren Adams as Janie. Sarah Melson as Corky. Andrea Elson. Now, these are not related. I said Melson the first time. Now I'm saying Elson. Melson and Elson. (laughs) Yeah. As Heidi. And Robin Killian as Natalie, which I don't even know why they gave her a name. That's actually just Al's dream woman. (laughs) At least she didn't have a food name. (laughs) This dream girl, her name in... A different episode, the Chicago Wine Party, was Beer Girl number two. So I guess she was with Cindy Margolis in that beer commercial. Oh, right, right. That's her. Well, last wow. time we saw Joey Lauren Adams, she was playing their cousin. Yes. So this yes. is weird. 
it's very weird. It wasn't that only last season? <clears throat> yeah, it was season six when Peg was pregnant. So it's yep. not like we're going to forget that quickly. She was cousin Effie in Buck Has a Bellyache. We also can't forget that she was Mona Mullins in Top of the Heap. Top of the Heap. <laughs> oh, that's right. And if anyone watched Top of the Heap, the TV series, or Vinny and Bobby, she played M- Mona Mullins in 14 total episodes. So it's very strange. I do appreciate... They made 14 episodes of that show? <laughs> I know, right? That is really optimistic <laughs> seven each top of the oh. heap was seven episodes in 91 and Vinny and bobby were seven in 92 okay mm. yeah so joey adams has had a lot of um interaction with this entire this this world as a whole right so that's cool though we like her we, we mentioned we're not going to get into her again but you know we liked her in dazed and confused and um all right Mall rats, chasing Amy or something. She was in. She was definitely in chasing Amy. Also, too, you know, we just got done with our top ten list of 2019. Check Jamie and out, Jamie and I out on uh, that episode on Cut to the Chase. But she's actually in one of my favorite scenes in a movie, uh, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot, that made my top ten list of last year. She's in one of my favorite scenes of that movie. I gotta see that, man. I never saw any Jay and Silent Bob movie, actually. Yeah? Isn't that weird? I never... I, oh, I did see the, the black and white clerks. Are they in that, right? They are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I saw that, and then that was it. And I have nothing against them, and I did like clerks, but I don't... For something... I don't know why I didn't pursue um, that whole universe. Yeah, they're, they're, they're different, for sure. The Jay and Silent Bob uh, Strike Backs, th- those ones are more like slapstick, uh, you know, like cartoony. Right. Um, and, and But they're a lot of fun. So, yeah, when they came out with the reboot, um, it definitely had all that slapstick stuff, but it definitely had a lot of heart as well, which I didn't expect. And, and, and the heart is what put it over the edge to put it in my top ten list, for sure. And like I said, she's in one of my favorite scenes in that whole entire movie. So it's just it was just great great to see her back again and and how things come full circle you know i know we talk about dead to me and christina applegate lately too so it's great to see that people are still not only working but like thriving yeah oh yeah yeah she's very cute in this episode but unfortunately her acting is terrible (laughs) which is unlike her usually i like her but her acting was her delivery was really bad that's kind of a shame. Like when she was talking to the bridesmaids and she's like, you know, nothing says bridesmaid or easy, like short black leather. Like, <laughs> like wow. She, it was bad because she said it as if she already knew someone else did. Right. Yeah. You know, like she read the script and she knew it wasn't just coming from her. Right. And you could hear that in the delivery and it does not, it's not how people are supposed to act. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, so now, Annabelle Whitford, one of the greatest contributors of all time. Oh yeah, hi Annabelle. She's great. Yeah, she's amazing. Super supportive from day one of the podcast, and um, and it's funny. She was the one who said, you know, when I heard about your show, I just couldn't picture anyone else you know, doing all of this besides me, because <laughs> she was like the one doing it on the internet and stuff. Right. She just didn't think she'd be able to, to like, you know, you know how sometimes you cannot let it in. <laughs> so right. 
luckily, whatever we did, she liked, and um, she, we got the seal of approval from like one of the number one fans ever. So that was a big thing, and she joined the research team, and she says that this is a personal favorite of hers. She's not really sure why. Nice. Maybe because I love Alan Pegg's scene so much that this is pretty much a bottle episode for them. Everyone's confined to the house, even Marcy and Jefferson. And then we also get those like upstairs hallway shot where there's some stuff to get into there, believe it or not. I know what you say. It's hard to pinpoint, but I think I can pinpoint it right out of the gate. Just looking at this cast list and who's missing from it. Oh. <gasps> See, I'm telling you, I don't notice. Yep. Oh, my God, I didn't notice until you just said that, and then I started thinking about it. Then I was like, what, Buck? (laughs) We saw him. (laughs) Seriously, I swear to God. I was like, we saw Buck. What are you talking about? (laughs) If if you were to cite one thing or a reason, that would be it. That would be it. Isn't that wild? I can't believe it. I can't believe I didn't notice. (laughs) How weird. How could you not notice somebody? (laughs) I know. I figured he'd just, you know, we'd have, I don't know, the flower girl come in and he'd take her upstairs. (laughs) Oh, God. The same joke over. Yeah. I am so tired of him taking girls upstairs. Oh, yeah, so we're already off to a good start, guys. Man, there you go. So already a positive note. And Bud's fantasies finally come true. And sex with a girl married with children. Great comedy all night long, Sunday on Fox. Al wakes up in bed next to a blonde bombshell who he dreamed about before, apparently. So they go into this whole exchange that I know me and Jamie like because she's like... Uh, I knew you'd come back. They all come back. You're poison, Al. But you're my kind of poison. <laughs> yeah. It couldn't, I mean, what it else? It was his birthday yesterday. Yeah, Alice Cooper's birthday yesterday. Yeah, he's like 72, I think, right now. Yeah. One of Alice Cooper's greatest songs ever is Poison. And it's kind of like this exchange here, but it's like the best song. It's like an, it sounds like an anthem, really. (laughs) If you heard Poison, you would think it's like the 80s version of uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. It has that much of an anthem-y sound to it. (laughs) It's that influential. Uh, No, unfortunately, no, but (laughs) to, to fans it is, yeah. Yeah. So he was competing with uh, Kurt Cobain in that whole grunge movie. At this point, right, 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 right. Yeah, I'll never forget the first time I heard that song. Which one, Poison or Smells Like Teen Spirit? Poison. Actually, either one. I, I I can pinpoint the exact moment that I heard both of them. But Poison, I was in a teal green Beretta. Wow. Parked with Jeffrey. (laughs) (laughs) And then... um, that's all you need to know about that exchange. But then the um, for Smells Like Teen Spirit, I was at a party. It came on. They had MTV on in the background. Mm-hmm. And like st- they were playing the stereo too, but it came on and you could see subtitles across the bottom of the screen. So they turned off the stereo to see what it was. And we're like, and we're all just standing there looking at it, dumbfounded, like, what is this? And right. you couldn't understand a word he was saying. So they legit had subtitles across the bottom of the screen. You can't understand that song. <laughs> and we're I'm all just, 
We all yeah. just stopped dead and we're looking at the TV. People are coming in from other rooms and they're just like head cocked looking at the TV like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's like Halloween Resurrection where they're all watching the Danger Tamen. Yes. <laughs> it was so funny. Pleasure me, baby. Way. What did you think you were kissing? You. I want you to tell me the truth. Oh, all right. I was kissing my dream girl. She was a magnificent young beast with a great body and luscious hooters. Oh, Al, you do dream of me. <laughs> He, it turns out, though, he was really touching Peg. Um, so you have that dream where you're touching a girl and everything, and it turns out you're really just with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> Did you just do the Mr. Burns cringe? <laughs> now, Jamie, would you be jealous if it was clear as day that Brian was engaging in, in sexual activity in a dream? And it appeared that that probably wasn't you in the dream. Jamie's like, you kill me in a dream, you wake up and apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't get mad about stuff. I used to work with a girl, though, who she would dream that her husband cheated on her. And then she would wake up and be mad, be mad at him. <laughs> and she'd come to work and Poor she'd guy. be all fuming. I'm like, what's the matter with you? She's like, I dreamed that he cheated on me. Like, you dreamed it. You dreamed it. <laughs> you. It didn't happen. Right. Why are you mad at him? It's <laughs> it's so funny you say that. Um, my wife told me today that she had a dream last night that she was hanging out with um, Motley Crue, and they went to the to the backstage after the concert, or whatever. And then when they walked in, I was having sex with a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! That took a quick left turn. <laughs> yeah, you thought she was going to be doing something, right. but instead it's me. <laughs> And, and at that moment, that's when I was wishing that Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 was real and she could have actually sucked me into this dream and I could have experienced this. But no, instead it was a manufactured version of me having the fun. But You can't go into other people's dreams. It's not Dream Warriors. The only, it's, it's the only time I thought that movie was cool was today. Right? <laughs> I'm a wizard. In my dreams, I'm beautiful it and bad. Oh. In my dreams, I got us both backstage passes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when, when Al says, I knew you'd come back, they all come back. Um, I believe this line's from the old Private Eye stories. Fire at the private eye, tries to fire. <laughs> it's tired of prying my business. Stop. This puppy's lucky. Oh, no, we can't talk about shooting dogs. <laughs> Not anymore. That's a shame because it used to be such a popular subject. Yeah, to talk about shooting dogs, but <laughs> that segment got camp. Yeah, the whole show's going PC now. So when Al talks about fat women, we're gonna say um... weight fluid. Weight fluid. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna say when the big boned woman came in the shoe store. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. No, sorry, we're not doing that. 
to freshen up. We're going to your cousin Jimmy's wedding. <clears throat> we usually see Peg's relatives on the show, but only a handful of Al's relatives. Uh, we see Bunny relatives in season five, episode eleven, and Baby makes money. Um, besides seeing Al's father in season four, episode seven, uh, in desperately seeking Miss October. Uh, other than these characters, the only uh, other one would be the ancestor Seamus McBundy in the England show. Oh, right. Yeah, we really don't see Al's people too often. So, so Al brushes his teeth and armpits in bed. Married with Children is really good at like having a joke that you think is already good enough, and then they take it the one step further. <laughs> right. Right. And obviously the step further here was she's brushing Al's teeth in bed with a dry toothbrush. You're like, oh, that's weird. Then she starts brushing his armpits. And then it's like that is the grossest thing because you know that they've been using them for both. So at some point they were there one other time and then he used them for his teeth. No, you don't have to really think that because guess what? One second later, she goes back to his teeth. <laughs> that is disgusting. Now, Dan, do you do you do that with the toothbrush? Do you do armpits and? Yeah, I, no, that's disgusting. What do you mean? Second of all, though, um, <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, I don't like shave my armpit hair completely off, but I do trim it. No, oh, I, I shave mine completely. Well, I, I use a buzzer, but I, I basically took all the sizers off at this point. I just do the smallest I could do. I don't use a razor blade. That'd be weird. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, but yeah, I take the same thing that I use to shave my head with and stuff like that. And I do that as well because, uh, yeah, it can get kind of crazy under there. I don't know what that ha- – I don't know what that has to do with a toothbrush, but that's just a little inside info. Well, it's weird. I was going to ask sort of about do you shave your pits, oddly enough. But then I, <laughs> I kind of went against it and then, I, then you just brought it up. So, yeah, yeah. You got to trim it up, though. It, it just gets so crazy sometimes. You know, not everybody's hairy. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I'm like, uh, I got mistake of a Bigfoot on three different occasions, I believe. Hmm. So I, I, you always got to take down the chest hair and stuff like that. And yeah, man, the pits go right along with it. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, I just read Kirk Douglas died. <sighs> what Didn't is I Rick just this? hear him in a campaign ad on the way home? I swear. Oh, it was Michael Douglas. Never Michael. Mind. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, that's that's sad. There's like the funniest phone call ever of Kirk Douglas on the Howard Stern show. It, it was crackhead Bob pretending to be Kurt Douglas. And we have been reciting this one line from it for like two straight months. Oh yeah. At my job. It's a line. It's a, it's a lady who wrote a poetry book or whatever. He just starts saying all these inappropriate things, but he has a speech impediment. And, they, and I guess Kirk Douglas had a stroke, I guess he just keeps going. My penis, my penis. And she's like, Oh, oh no. yes. And we're back with the Jack and Rod radio show. And let's hear it for Jeff and Shirley Lawrence. They wrote a book called Hollywood Be Thy Name. Is that correct? That's it. Okay, the premise of the book is to let people know what actually goes on in Hollywood. If you want to be an actor, these are things you should know and what we wish we did know when we went there. This is Rod Stiffington. I I just want to tell you, we have a special celebrity guest in the studio today. Okay, that sounds great. Go ahead, celebrity guest. Doug Doug Ditch. Thank you. You recognize the voice? Doug Doug Ditch. 
No, I'm, fr I'm afraid we're stuck there. <laughs> it's Kirk Douglas. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, I thought that, but I thought, no, you're not going to have that, that star on your show. I'm delighted. Kurt Douglas, I met you when we were filming a movie. Oh, this was years ago. Your, your makeup man. Yes, I worked with you on Spartacus, and there was one other. I remember show. you. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Stick your tongue in your face. What's in our face? My penis. I'm not quite sure. I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I thought <laughs> I, I want it in your pussy. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. Um, there's quite a few in there. Is there any particular one that you're speaking of in general? I mean, in particular? My foot. Your foot. My penis. What about your penis? Yeah. What about it? Uh -oh. I didn't write anything like that. No, 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 no. But I like your, your woman fucking me. What kind of a show is this? <laughs> oh, is this nice. X-rated? What is this? I bumped your doggish. Penis. Da, da. And then the guy goes, what about your penis? <laughs> And, like, his way of saying that was so funny to me. <laughs> Let's get on with it. What about it? You can see him out, yeah, getting mad. Because he, he knows what he's saying, but she doesn't. So so once he lost his patience with this, you know, guy keep on saying, he just said, what about it? You know, and, and it, it's just so now we just say that to everything. Like, well, what about your penis? <laughs> it's like the stupidest thing ever, but. Uh, That's great. <laughs> so Buck is laying on Al's suit. For the wedding, his dress shirt is at the bottom of the hamper, and uh, you know Peg used to do laundry in season one. Just if right. if nobody remembers that, <laughs> do you, what, what was that really great joke in that reunion queen episode? That two parter. Remember when Peg wanted to be a reunion queen? Yeah. Did Al go in there with like a big iron burn on the back of his shirt? It's quite possible. Yeah. So that kind of doesn't make sense if they know what a real iron is and al had a burn on his shirt then how come in this episode ironing to them is putting peg's ass on his clothes and just moving her around <laughs> that was great though <laughs> uh, i know <laughs> so that's funny here you are you know i swear if your head wasn't attached to your body yeah just... book could be sleeping on it <laughs> So Al's socks don't match, the ones that she wants him to wear to the wedding. So to make them match, I guess one had a hole in it. So she cut a hole in the other sock. Oh, my God. You know, don't worry about the color of them. It's, it's the hole I wanted in both of them. Do you, do you guys ever uh, notice that and then continue on? Or do you have to get matching socks before you leave? I don't even care. Right? I don't, I, my socks, sometimes I'll be wearing a Halloween sock. Right. And like a white sock. Or I'll be wearing right, like... Right, right. Red sock. I mean, I really don't care. I'll be wearing two black socks that are the same color but different styles. You know, like, I really... It really yeah. makes no difference to me. I'm exhausted. Now get dressed. What for? You're just going to go in there and make yourself over for three hours till you look exactly the same way you do now. <laughs> so Bud and Kelly steal Marcy's antique cuckoo clock as a gift for the wedding. Feels good to give something special for a wedding. Yeah, they're gonna love this clock. It's an antique. Have you seen our antique cuckoo clock? <laughs> Do you have a warrant? 
If my sister could form a thought, what she meant to say was, we are sick and tired of being accused of stealing every time someone jimmies open your back door with a crowbar and takes a clock and a pastrami sandwich. <laughs> now we demand an apology. Yeah, and it wouldn't hurt to have pickles in your refrigerator either. Bud, okay, so this is weird. Bud basically confesses accidentally by saying, you know, a crowbar and stealing the clock and also a pastrami sandwich. And then when Kelly mentions, yeah, and have some pickles next time, uh-huh. he looks at her like she's an idiot who just gave it away. And it's like, dummy, you don't think you did that by mentioning the pastrami sandwich? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And what's with all the pastrami sandwiches on this show? Al played a pastrami sandwich in the Rock of Ages. Like... Like, one of the writers on this show must be either Jewish or just love pastrami sandwiches. <laughs> yeah, it must be like an inside joke type thing, yeah. In other words, it wasn't us. Well, you know, Marcy, we really don't have any proof. <laughs> the cuckoo clock goes off and the bird bursts through the wrapping paper. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Like, how perfect of a joke is that? Yeah, that was great. I like that a lot. Do you have a warrant? <laughs> the only flaw to that joke is that that would, and this isn't a flaw, this could have happened, would mean that they had to have wrapped that thing within 15 minutes of this whole incident. Because if that bird pops out. Ah. Right. Yeah, see? I'm good, huh? Good catch. Ha, 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 It's Petey! See, I told you they stole my clock. Jefferson, they must be punished. Something cruel and highly unpleasant. Oh, how about you sit them down and talk to them for a while? <laughs> That's something they'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is great, because Jefferson just seems to... He doesn't even have Al to bounce off of, so now he's just ripping off jokes... And they're all at Marcy's expense in this episode. <laughs> yes, love it. And he doesn't seem to care. or where He's not worried that she hears it. Half of them are right to her. I think just the notion of she's trying to get that clock back and how much he hates it, he's just freaking out. He was just like, no, I have to stand my ground on this one every day, <laughs> every 15 minutes. <laughs> he's overly irritated that they're there to get this thing back. Exactly. Right. He doesn't want to be there at all. Mm-hmm. And that's why he started taking jabs at Marcy. Wow, you're good. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I know yeah. Jefferson. Yeah. So you don't like our little talks? Well, we're just going to have to talk about that. <laughs> I just love Jefferson so much in this season. Yeah. He is shining. He really is. I agree. Coming, coming off that last episode, his performance that just stole the show on the last episode to cut to come in swinging on this one as well because that one wasn't to her face it was just it was just so great though the lead up to that so yeah to have him come in swinging on this one was great too mm-hmm. admit it you always hated Petey. no why would i hate something that pops out every 15 minutes screaming cuckoo cuckoo every hour every day every week cuckoo cuckoo it keeps me up half the night i've seen dion warwick in our damn psychic friends network a thousand times because of that clock 
Warwick was born December 12th, 1940. She's a six-time Grammy Award-winning singer, actress, television host, and former United Nations Global Ambassador for the Food and Agriculture Organization and United States Ambassador of Health. Warwick ranks among the 40 biggest hitmakers of the entire rock era in from 55 to 99 based on the Billboard Hot 100 pop singles charts. She's one of the most charted female vocalists of all time with 56 of her singles making the Billboard Hot 100 between 62 and 98 and 80 singles making all Billboard charts combined. So, I mean, this is like the most talented person on the planet, apparently. Uh, maybe I should have watched this stupid thing. Right? Maybe she does know something. Also, Whitney Houston's aunt. Oh, wow. Oh, is it? Yeah. Crazy. Wow. I thought it was Warwick Davis's aunt. <laughs> the midget from uh, Leprechaun? <laughs> oh, my God. So during the 90s, Warwick hosted infomercials for the Psychic Friends Network, which featured self-described psychic Linda Georgian. The 900 number psychic service was active from 91 till 98. According to press statements throughout the 90s, the program was the most successful infomercial for several years, and Warwick earned in excess of $3 million a year as a spokesperson for the network. In 98, Information, the corporation owning the network, filed for bankruptcy. <laughs> no, yeah, you think you're paying her $3 million a year and it's an infomercial. How much, what do you think is going to happen to your company? How, How does did that they balance? not see that coming, though? <laughs> right. <laughs> nice. Wow. Nice. Well, maybe she did and she just didn't say nothing. She's like, listen, if I tell them now, they're not going to pay me next year. <laughs> I only have $6 million so far. <laughs> so Warwick ended her association with the organization. Warwick's longtime friend and tour manager Henry Carr acknowledged in a 2002 Biography Channel interview when Dion was going through an airport and a child recognized her as the psychic lady on TV, Dion was crushed and said she worked too hard as an entertainer to become known as the psychic lady. What? Wow. They were a kid, though. What's a kid going to know? Except for what they see on TV, you know? $3 million in 1998 a year? Like, would you care? No. No. <laughs> no. Like, no. <laughs> Get, give them give a, even a fake reading for that, you know? As smart as, yeah, yeah. As, smart as I just thought she was, she kind of just killed it. So maybe she's not as bright as I thought she was. Right? And look at my eyes. Look at them. You know how many cucumbers it takes to keep the puffing and the swelling down? Well, I do. My sister is going to kill me, but I have another story. <laughs> Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. I love you before you hear this. So my sister was, I'm going to say, 18 or so. And at that time, you know, like, she was, you know, the age that uh, Sue Ellen Crandall was in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Mm -hmm. And remember how Rose told her to put cucumbers on her eyes? Yes. Mm -hmm. Since my sister was at that age, I guess that conversation was going around. 
in high school or something. Or maybe she even got it from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Head. I don't know. <laughs> right. So she puts cucumbers on her eyes. And I remember we all just stood there and stared at her while she was laying there and thought it was the weirdest thing ever. <laughs> we all just walk away and go on with our day, only to eventually hear screaming coming from the next room. Uh-oh. We go in the room, and Jen is staring into the bathroom mirror, and her <laughs> eyes are all blistery and puffy. Oh, no. Irritated to no end. It turns out she, she was allergic to cucumbers. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, that's horrible. Who the hell is allergic to cucumbers? They're most, they're nothing but water. (laughs) She had to be because you you had to see her eyes. Oh, that sucks. But, yeah, that I I was just like a 14-year-old kid or something at the time. I was freaked out. (laughs) But I was like, wow. So there you go. That's a real Kelly Bundy move, right? Poor thing. Have I told? Did I tell you about when Brian found out he was allergic to shrimp? Yeah, we got some shrimp. I made it. Everything seemed fine. Then, then that night he comes in and he's like, "Baby, something's wrong." And like his mouth was swollen. And I was like, "Can you breathe?" He's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Well, then take a Benadryl. You're fine. I'm going back to sleep." <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wait, was that your cuckoo clock going off in the background? Yeah. <laughs> that's weird how weird though that your cuckoo clock's going off on an episode about a cuckoo clock we talk about a cuckoo clock yeah that's, that's cuckoo very weird and it's a monsters only i don't have Petey. yeah you have uh who's the dragon who comes out of the stairs is that what yours does <laughs> oh no they should have done that that would have been cool spot is the spot was the dragon but um no i just have the family dun 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 but that would have been really awesome if Spot came out. Right? They should have done that. They always, everyone should consult me before doing anything. Anything in life. Anything. Because <laughs> look, yeah, my <laughs> life's going so well, right? So, last spring, Petey didn't really just fall into the toilet bowl, did he? <laughs> I hated that clock. Yes, I tried to kill him! I wanted him out of my life, along with your Elvis plates. And your whips and your paddles and your big... Okay, honey. I don't think that's appropriate talk to have in front of the little thieves. Whoa. Okay, so let's backtrack. <clears throat> yeah, let's let's analyze these, uh, these last couple of lines here. We'll start off light. So <laughs> <laughs> this is a callback to Marcy's love for Elvis in season three, episode two. I'm going to Sweatland with her plates. Uh, the whips and paddles are a callback to season six, England episode three. If you guys remember the uh, oh, yeah. S and M joint in England, like Nightmare on Elm Street part two. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I I hope I'm wrong, but really big. I hope he's not referring to a dildo, <laughs> because why would he hate it? <laughs> well, I mean, she is domineering. I was trying to think of things that they that it could have been. Okay, please. But none of those things would warrant them stopping him in his tracks. Right. So he couldn't say it. So oh that's my the God. only thing that makes sense, unfortunately. Wow. And and Marcy is a freak. 
Jefferson took a dildo? Why do you like? Why are you gonna say it out loud like that? Well, I mean, like, like, because you know Jerry Herring is gonna hear this. Oh man, maybe we should cut this out. Because <laughs> you know Steve would never do that. <laughs> it probably was Steve's. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, it probably was. Yeah, okay, this makes sense. So. It is, and she's been trying to get Jefferson to do this, and he keeps saying, no, get this thing out of here. I hate it. How do you wash those things, I wonder? It's open water. Uh, they also have cleaner that you can – nothing. <laughs> oh, okay. Like like glass cleaner? Like No, like <laughs> – Glass cleaner? Hey, you shoot Windex on it. Antibacterial cleaner. Oh, okay. Yeah, you have to get rid of the bacteria, Dan. There's a lot of weird things going on with those things. That's what I'm saying. That's, or you can just take like a swig of Listerine and then put – no, I'm kidding. Okay. That's, uh, that's, that's, I, I, I'm kidding. That's really gross. Throw it in the wash? Or? Yeah, throw it in the washing machine. <laughs> then you hear both dunk, 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 the- <laughs> And your neighbor comes over. What's that? Oh, um. Just washing my dildo. <laughs> and then see – my washer will, will go go will go off balance and it'd be like bow, 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 bow. <laughs> yeah even across the floor even your washing machine couldn't take it <laughs> <laughs> it's too big oh my god yeah so listen we don't we don't have to picture jefferson bent over uh, no nope. nothing like that we could just there's a million places no nope. marcy could have bought it and kept bringing it to him and he keeps saying get that away from me and he hates it and he just decided to say it was big so it doesn't mean it was used on him i agree wholeheartedly that is the fact that that happened that is exactly what i just said is exactly what's happening <laughs> okay are we done with this <laughs> yes absolutely let's move on all right so alan peg are upstairs talking about al's tie but to everyone else who can't see what they're doing it sounds like they're talking about Al Schlong. <laughs> I loved this setup. Oh, so it's a classic setup. Cliche. Cliche to say the least. But man, was it great. And every line hit. Where are your parents? Hey, leave it alone. It happens to be mine. But it just hangs lifelessly. <laughs> Let me fiddle with it. I'll straighten it out. <laughs> God's sake, Peg, you're gonna pull it off. <laughs> now it's too long. Most women like it that way. I don't care what women like, I'm the one gonna lug it around. Oh, all of them hit. And in 93, dude, on television, besides the line we just heard, this was also like pretty wild, you know? Right. Um, Al said he doesn't want it longer, and like normally you would think that somebody does, but then he says, "Yeah, but I have to lug it around." <laughs> <laughs> she says it just hangs there, lifeless. Right. <laughs> like Al has uh, ED. <laughs> Ed O'Neill. He has Ed O'Neill. <laughs> How can these children possibly know right from wrong? They need a strong male figure in their life. What are you going to do, Marcy? Move in? (laughs) What exactly do you mean by that? Do you think I'm bossy? Because I don't think I'm bossy. Not bossy at all, Missy. 
again, she calls him Missy. And now, ever, ever since Annabelle pointed this out to me, I cannot stop hearing it. And now I don't like it. Right? Are you calling me masculine? Because I'm not masculine. I'm feminine. <laughs> and my softness is out there for all to see. Now, if you don't want to hook to the liver, little man, you'll pick up that clock and march on home. <laughs> Kind of heavy, Marcy. <sighs> Just get the door. <laughs> I can lift it. Yeah, and I'll be able to lift it tonight when it comes time to dump old Petey in the toilet. <laughs> hey, Petey, surf's up. <laughs> so Jefferson threatens that tonight it's toilet time for Petey. Surf's up, Petey. <laughs> He's going to do it again. Now, dude, just get the job done. Keep flushing till this thing is gone or throw it out the friggin' window. I mean, does it really have to go down that toilet? Exa- right? Yeah, that doesn't seem like the best way to dispose of something like that. <laughs> no, not really. Not at all. Probably the last thing I would do, actually. Probably. If all else failed, I'd probably try the toilet bowl. Just burn it. And he goes there first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Which shoes do you like better? I don't care. <laughs> Which shoes do you like better? I don't care. <laughs> Come on, Al. I'm your wife. I'm a reflection of you, and I want to look good for you. Besides, you are a shoe professional, and I'd like your opinion. <laughs> Given the color of your hair, the color of your dress, the time of the day, and the nature of the event, it is my professional opinion that, uh, like the gold. Fine. Then I'll wear the black. <laughs> now hook me up. I mean, and you know, you saw that coming, but I think it works because of the whole build up to her acknowledging he's a shoe professional and then how he acts about it and then gives all that real information right. that's what where the real joke and the fun of the moment lies not so much in what we all knew was coming with her then choosing the opposite shoe right well that's a real life thing though you know oh, um yeah. especially in this household when we're trying to pick movies <laughs> like i'll literally do the opposite because i know the one that i want she'll be like ah, i don't want to watch that <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, she'll say, which one of these two you want to watch? She'll go, um, all right, I'll watch Transfers 2. And then she'll say, nope, we're going to watch <laughs> Godzilla vs. Monster Zero. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, that's such a real thing that I, I got a chuckle out of that one. That one was good. Because, yeah, it is like a typical setup, and I know what you're saying. Like, that that's not even the good part of the joke. Right. But at the same time, it's so real that, like, I, I kind of loved it, you know? And also, too, like, she's never really asked him for for professional advice, you know? No one's ever acknowledged Al as a professional except for the Wanker family. Right? <laughs> like, Al, you're a professional, man. I think uh, King Kong Bundy called him that. Your hair comes into play with what you're wearing overall. You do, when you buy clothes, you take into account your hair color. Right. And then... I don't. <laughs> what does it matter your eyebrow color <laughs> not really <laughs> so how do I look you look nice and I have to change 
<laughs> I was only kidding you, Peg. You look terrible. I'm embarrassed to be seen with you. Come on, Peg. Let's go. <laughs> it, Tiffany is sort of like that, too. Like, she'll say, do you like my hair like this? I'll go, yeah, it's fine. Let's go. And she'll go, no, I should definitely do more curls. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's a thing, too. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never enough. And she is this. She is Peg. I'm married to Peg. I swear to God. I'm, I'm telling you. The Puerto Rican Peg Bundy. She takes two hours to get ready to go to a birthday party out to dinner somewhere. She'll take two hours to get ready. And I'm like, do you really think anyone else is doing this? <laughs> so are you, wait, are you, are you, let me picture, you're wearing your suit, you're all ready you're sitting, and then you just get fed up, so you sit down and you start watching football until Ex- she's ready to go. <laughs> exactly, and, th- and guess what? And like, I want to be comfortable, so I'll take my sports jacket off. I'll put it on the couch. I'll take my shoes off. This and that. And she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm waiting for you. Can you believe that? She'll say that. She'll come down the hallway, <laughs> go, babe, let's go. Come on, you don't have your shoes on yet. Oh my god. We just waited two hours for you, and because I don't have my shoes on, I'm the slow one. <laughs> This has to be a joke, right? I, I can just see you sitting there, like in a full suit, just <laughs> editing the show. <laughs> yeah, any minute I have a free time, well, I better get cracking. That's my life now. That is. Listen, Kel, I need some help. There's going to be some girls at the wedding, and uh, I'm planning on buttering one up. Now, what do you think would be my best pickup line? All right. How about this? Hey, miss, I'm the Keebler elf. Would you like some free cookies? <laughs> You've got the time. I've got the hollow tree. Yeah, uh, maybe I asked the wrong person. You're used to responding to, yo, here. So in those uh, Keebler elves commercials, you know, they always like went in that big tree and that's where they like made these cookies and stuff. It's a pretty famous commercial. Not as famous as the uh, Chuck Wagon commercial. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, I don't know if you saw, but I tagged you. I in, did, but uh... I'm not. I thought I. <laughs> yeah, no. Connected. What are the odds, though, that we talk about that? And it was like the next day or that same day that I see. Because like, I've never even heard that phrase. And then I've literally heard it 20 times in a 24 hour period. <laughs> it's crazy. Chuck Wagon. Chuck Wagon, yeah. But the Keebler Elves commercials were good. I Keebler, you know what's weird? I never really ate those Keebler cookies. Dude, they're so good. Yeah, they're so good. Yes, like El depending. Fudge. El Fudge is my. Sh- I was just gonna say that's it. Mic drop. I remember having them once in the house as a kid. Oh really? That was it. Yeah, it wasn't a thing. Yeah, I I don't know. I always thought that um, that Keebler was a step above above a lot of them. Hmm. Oh, okay, a little gibbon. So a gibbon is any of approximately 20 species of small apes found in the tropical forest of South Asia. Uh, Gibbons, like the great apes, gorillas, orangutans, chimpanzees, have a human-like build and no tail, but gibbons seem to lack higher cognitive abilities and self-awareness. Bud has no self-awareness, so this actually makes sense. I, Kelly is pr- <laughs> right. I, I can't believe Kelly knew this, and I don't, though. I feel really dumb. <laughs> exactly. Did you know what a gibbon is? I have no idea. Yeah. Well, yeah, I used to work at this, too. 
Jamie, do you have any stories that don't start with I used to work? (laughs) (laughs) You know what's funny is that they make fun of me all the time at work because I have had, I've done everything. And uh, they were talking about the other day, every day at like our stand-up meeting, the general manager will be like, okay, so today is national whatever day, you know, just like today was national chocolate fountain day. Right. Um, or he'll, you know, just a fun fact about the day. And then, the, so the other day on um, January 31st, I think it was the day that the 13th Amendment was ratified. Oh, right. And uh, he's like, so the 13th Amendment was ratified. And he's like, who knows what that one is? And this girl I work with goes, I'll bet Jamie does. She probably helped write it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm not that people. old. <laughs> Just making fun of me because I've done everything. Like I feel like I have had every job. Oh, it's a running joke on this show for sure. People <laughs> are like every story Jamie has starts with I used to work with a guy or something like that. <laughs> or I worked in a place. I yeah, had good. the same job for 13 years. Like she even, <laughs> she even said one time we're talking about beards, Bud's beard, and she goes, in my job they're reinstating that you can grow facial hair. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you can't you can't have a patchy beard. You have to grow it during your off day. Vacation. <laughs> on 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 our on the last 10 top 10 show on Cut to the Chase I told the story about, yeah, I went to this con and I met Danielle Harris and then Jamie's just telling the story about how when she was working, she met Quentin Tarantino. You know? <laughs> oh my god, it's so great. I, uh, well, I... People are going to believe that you only leave your house to work. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's work life is more exciting than my <laughs> yeah, my social life. <laughs> I didn't realize I told that many work stories. I guess I'm, I'm, I would try to keep an eye on that in the future. No, but it's just it's just funny how they all start with I used to work. <laughs> as far as the given thing goes, my first job was at the zoo. That's crazy. It's <laughs> so great. It says saying, yeah, one weekend we went to the zoo. Jamie says, I worked there. <laughs> oh, my God. My face is hurting. I have to stop. Okay. <laughs> oh, God, my cheeks are killing me. <laughs> my face cheeks, guys. I'm not Jefferson. <laughs> oh. Take it back. So I used to work with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I used to work with a guy who sat on dildo. <laughs> I used to work in sex no, shop. No, job. <laughs> Wow. Okay, so now, but speaking of beards, now Bud is growing a full beard. You notice that, Dan? Now it's all over the cheeks, up the jawline. Uh, yeah, it's better than what he, what he had going on last time, I'll tell you that. Right, but here's the, here's the fascinating part of this beard. I'm totally fascinated. I'm fascinated by how faint it is. A beard you could barely see. It, it's so weird. It's like you can't even tell if it's because the hairs are short or because they're too spread apart or what. But I've never seen a beard that I could barely see before like his. Right. Right. I think it's the thickness. I, I don't think it's even the length because you can have a bunch of, you know, long hairs but if they're few and far between <laughs> like it, it doesn't make up for a good beard like if you grow it out it just ends up uh looking you know like a little white trashy kind of like buds it's spotty 
it's spotty and it's just it just doesn't look right. Some people can rock it, some people can't, you know? How about this? You see a girl, but before she sees you, stand on her feet so she can't run. <laughs> then you say to her, You are the most beautiful girl I have ever seen, and I'd love to share a night of incredible sex with you. No wow. names, no questions, no regrets. Come be one with me. You really think that's better than let's do it? I have my own bedroom in my parents' house. No, it would not work before you ask. Ah, oh, man. So if a guy <laughs> no. said that, you would just look at him like, dude. I would literally laugh. <laughs> before you even finished, before you even got to come be one with me. I would. I would. It's like, are you kidding me? Stop right there. <laughs> okay. Fall for that crap. Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> lame. And it's weird because it came from Kelly, but she must have just been setting Bud up to for failure, right? I would assume. Although, I don't know. She seemed very sincere, but she I don't think something like that would work on her. But, well, I don't think – I don't know anymore. She's, <laughs> I don't know what she does anymore. Oddly enough, if a girl said that to me, it would totally work. Depending on what she looked like, except for the. If they said you were the most beautiful woman. Beautiful girl, I I was gonna fix that. <laughs> I knew I had to hurry up. <laughs> oh well. Hi! Oh my god, you're so, so pretty. The three of us are gonna make one beautiful bridesmaid. <laughs> hey, wait. Are we in different colors? Well, you'd know. You're the smart one. <laughs> Let's color coordinate. Okay. The bridesmaids walk in, and it made me think, you know, they all have these different colored dresses on, which obviously are all supposed to be wearing the same color. Was Kelly wearing a white dress? It was a little, uh, like, champagne-y or off-white or something like that, but not appropriate for a bridesmaid. No, no. right? Yeah. You're not supposed to wear white at all at a wedding. Nope. No. <laughs> and I just went to a wedding like six months ago, and one of our relatives wore white. Girl, I went to a wedding. I was working at this wedding. No, I, wasn't. <laughs> I went to this wedding. <laughs> the bride's, the uh, groom's mother wore a white dress. And I'm like, are you crazy? What are you doing? Like, you can't do that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That was That's what they call a fashion faux pas. Yeah. And it's not like the bride could say anything to her, you know, or she, you know, she wouldn't because it was you know, going to be her mother. It's her monster in law. So she's, she's not going to say anything. But I just like, oh my God, that's not appropriate. God. Appropriate, not appropriate. All right, so let's get into these two girls, these bridesmaids. Sarah Melson plays Corky, and Andrea Elson plays Heidi. So Sarah Melson will always freak me out because she was on 90210 and her storyline, she was the girl who was trapped in that frat house that burned down in season five and she was horribly burned. Her body was covered from head to toe in bandages and her face was all charred that you could see through the bandages and she's like, that just fire victims like scare me man she'll like just seeing her it's like a weird thing and oddly enough her first job in acting was in the wonder years in an episode called scenes from a wedding 
So, and now she's here in the wedding show. She has 23 acting credits. Doesn't get a lot of acting work, but then we got Andrea Elson. Now she is famous for playing Lynn Tanner in Elf. She was in Simon and Simon, Wiz Kids. They came from outer space, but Elf uh, was her big thing. She was uh, in all 101 episodes. Doesn't get a lot of acting work though. 18 credits and hasn't worked since 1997. She was in Parker Lewis Can't Lose, Frankenstein, The College Years. (laughs) (laughs) So this chick in a belly shirt and shorts rings the doorbell. I think it was one of Peg's relatives. Effie. (laughs) No, I was kidding. No, it's uh, Joey Lawrence Adams. She shows up and she's looking for those bridesmaids because the bride is going to drive them to church. Before the wedding starts, for some reason. Makes sense. What? Totally makes <laughs> sense, right? Because that's what a bride would be spending her time doing. Anything, yeah, morning. right? Like, like anything to get him to the Bundy house, I suppose. <laughs> they couldn't think of any. Well, you know what it was, really? It was a swear. It was, um, it was misleading. In terms of what? Just like, remember when Norman Bates, when the, when the mom was in the window, and then Marion beeps the horn, and then way too quickly you see Norman running out of the house? Right. It was to mislead us to believe that Mrs. Bates was a different person than Norman. So in this instance, not that they're as great a writer as Psycho as Alfred Hitchcock, but (laughs) (laughs) that whole downplay of, yeah, I'm supposed to give them a ride to church. No one on earth would ever think that a bride to be that day would be spending her time that morning doing. Right. It does make sense. No, you're right. It does make sense. It just, it doesn't make sense. But it doesn't make sense. (laughs) Hi. Where did Quirky and Heidi go? Uh, One of them had an idea and the others are crowning her queen. (laughs) Well, they were supposed to come right back out. I'm driving them to the church. Bud looks her up and down, which is kind of hot. Looking at her like that, like a piece of meat. And then she says, you see anything you like? I mean, that's exactly what you want to hear, man. When you're checking a chick out like that, making it obvious, and she's responding that way. Perfect. See anything you like? Did I do. (laughs) Now, was that line supposed to be a uh, Halloween callback or what? Oh, my God, no. You think they stole a line from John Carpenter? Of course they did. Why wouldn't they? See anything you like? Wow, (laughs) dude. That is amazing that you did that. It's the same line. I think you're the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. I'd like to share a night of incredible sex with you. No names, no questions, no regrets. Come be one with me. What? I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. I was distracted by the pain. You're standing on my foot? <laughs> Did anyone ever tell you how much you look like the Keebler elf? <laughs> you want to come upstairs and see how cookies are really made? Now, this show has been doing this a lot, where two people who have nothing to do with each other are saying the same thing to the same person. Right. Yeah. Right. What? Yeah, I, with the with the beard thing, it was noticeable, and I felt like it took away. In this instance, you know, like I didn't feel like it was 
it was a bad thing. I was just like, eh, whatever. This is the thing they're doing now. Okay. Right. Like, I get it. Like, it's a, it, they're making it more of like, like a the whole world thinks thing. this. Yeah. Yeah. Like, exactly. Like, that's definitely a thing. But at the same time, it just doesn't really always work. Uh, but, but at the same time, in this instance, I didn't feel like it took away from anything. Well, I don't either. And I think the reason why is because we see Bud take lemons and turn it into lemonade. You know, somebody says that to you, how do you handle that? He handled it the best way ever. He said, you want to see how cookies are really made? Like, <laughs> you just kind of go with it. You don't always got to fight every battle. And sometimes you choose your battles, standing up for yourself and telling a girl that what she thinks of you is wrong is not as important as potentially hooking up with a chick. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a good uh, life lesson, I guess, to choose your battles wisely because um, the result you want out of each avenue, you got to figure out which one's more worth it. What am I saying? Of course you wouldn't. So <clears throat> she pulls him and kisses him. Let's go upstairs and bake. Ow! The game is on. <laughs> Did not see that coming. <clears throat> no. So Bud runs upstairs alone. <laughs> then he runs back down. He grabs her. Says, you should come too. <laughs> that was great. That was great, but stupid. Like, what was he going to go upstairs and masturbate to the idea? <laughs> I think that was the implication, yeah. I think it like, was. Oh, yeah, right? I kind of need you, yeah. It might be better with someone else this time. Like, that would have sufficed for him, though. He could have called in the night and been perfectly happy right. with just, just of that conversation that he just had. But, yeah, he's like, yeah, you, you should probably come for this. <laughs> now, thanks to me, we match. <laughs> I think we made an excellent choice. Nothing says bridesmaid or easy like short black leather. <laughs> Kelly finally looks like classic Kelly, slutty Kelly again. Thank God. <laughs> yes. Thank God. I mean, how much did you miss looking at that image? Didn't it? Wasn't it like a sight for sore eyes? <laughs> it was. It's good to see Kelly back to form. Let's just put it that way. Right. Yeah, I like seeing her that way. That when she went through that period where she was wearing all the pants, I was just like, that just doesn't seem right. She didn't feel like Kelly. Right. I, I, I just miss it. So to me, it just like it like all these things flash back to me. I was like, yeah, all right, all right. Hey, Jamie's not in the car. Oh, well, we can't wait for her. We'll be late for the wedding. Relax. They can't start the wedding without her. She's the bride. Oh. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yep. Well, she couldn't have gone anywhere. Her car's still outside. I just called information. They are morons. <laughs> they didn't even know that Janie was getting married. <laughs> they didn't know anything. They didn't even know who I was. <laughs> God, they should call themselves Stupid Nation. <laughs> well, where could she be? She's in here with the time lady and the weather guy. <laughs> and that jerk who just goes beep, beep, beep when you leave the phone off the hook. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I could yell real loud so I wouldn't need a phone at all. Oh, my God, that was so funny. I wanted so badly to work that into my opening joke, but it was just too much, and it didn't <laughs> right. come off yeah. right. But it was so funny. That was good. I like that. 
Yeah, and then she says, I wish I could just yell loud enough so I wouldn't have to use a phone. Now, you know, that's... I don't know if it's a reference, but any Rocky fan could tell you they got a flashback of Rocky when she said that. Well, the first time uh, Rocky takes Adrian on a date with the ice skating, I guess, they come home and she says, you know, my brother Paulie doesn't know where I am. So he goes, oh... Oh, okay, yeah, don't worry about it. So he opens his window in his apartment, and he's like, <laughs> Hey, yo, Paul, hey, your sister's with me, all right? So blah, 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 we're having a good time, you know, should be home later. And and then he closes the window, and she just looks at him in disgust. <laughs> that was actually a real reaction to Sylvester Stallone's acting in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie comes down the stairs... Hi, guys. Uh, Bud was just showing me around your house. Wow, cool outfits. Nothing says bridesmaid or easy, like short black leather. Well, come on, let's get me married. Aren't you nervous? Not anymore. I'm loose as a noodle. <laughs> have you ever heard that term before? I thought that was great. I have not. Right? I was like, oh, that is pretty loose. <laughs> so Bud comes down the stairs smoking a pipe like he he thinks he's Hugh Hefner. And the crowd goes wild, too. Yes, and he's... No going back this time. It is definitive. Yeah. Right. I was so proud of Bud, though, when that moment, when everybody cheered, I kind of, I gave the little head nod, like, yeah. It just felt like a badass moment for Bud, you know? He, yeah, do you remember your first time? Oh, absolutely. Like, do you remember how you felt when you walked back in your house at home and walked through the kitchen and your parents were there and you felt like... Did you feel like uh, Mitch from Days of Confused when he came home and his mom... I just... Uh, yeah. Dude, you know what? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that You know, that's actually really good because that is a, is a very accurate portrayal. Yeah. Yep, just just lie down on the bed, throw the headphones on. You're still drunk from the night before, just vibing. Yep, yep. What did you do? A gentleman never tells. <laughs> I had sex <laughs> with a girl, <laughs> and I did it good. Oh my god! That's what she said. <laughs> Twice. What, once when you got undressed and again when you put on your bunny slippers? Save your barbs for someone who's not getting any. Like mom. I feel good. Yep, I do. Talk all you want. Nothing can bring me down. You just had sex with your cousin Jimmy's bride. Well, that did it. <laughs> Great. This is fantastic one. See, that is something like you think you're on top of the world after this, and then something news like that will just make your stomach stink. Yeah. Right, right. Your stomach right. sink. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was a good uh that was good to say nothing could bring me down. <laughs> God, I look great. I am so glad I'm not one of those women who needs a lot of makeup. <laughs> Oh, please. Only Tammy Faye, Zsa Zsa, and Bozo use more. 
<laughs> yeah, Tammy Faye Baker, man. Um, so there's an interview with Katie Seagal on the Big Bundy box set DVD where she mentions Tammy Faye Baker as one of those women with uh, too much makeup would never let her husband see her without makeup, actually. And, of course, Baker links back to Jessica Hahn, you know, because uh, she had the affair with um, right, yeah. Jim Baker. Oh, come on, Al. Admit it. I look great. Hey, I'd look great, too, if I used makeup. You know, I'd be one dynamite-looking babe in a masculine way. I could highlight my eyes. They're my best quality. Baby blue. Like Sinatra, Newman, the sea. That may be my second best quality, as I'm known for my killer butt. Oh, yeah, it's very nice, honey. And has more hair on it than your head. That's because my butt doesn't wake up in the morning looking at you. That's not your butt? (laughs) Oh, God, we have so much fun together, especially when we're belittling you. Uh, Jamie, you said that um, you liked Al's butt in season seven, episode one, after he looked at Wags the perplexed pup and then looks himself in the mirror. You said it's you said it's all right. I well, I didn't see it now because when he flexes, he's facing away from us. So <laughs> I'm assuming it's still okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you know, I really do. I think I look as good as I did the day we got married. Uh, well, that's your opinion. You take the calls. <laughs> Come on, Grumpy. You know you love me. Go on. Say it. I don't want to. Come on, Al. I love beer. I love bowling. I don't want to cheapen the meaning of the word. All right, then. Don't say it. Just kiss me. And make it a good one. I'd almost kind of rather say it. Oh, all right. So this was a nice moment between Al and Peg, right? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, taking jabs and everything. But you did you did get a sense of a really great chemistry and almost like a lived-in real love for the two of them. More so for Al. Like, Peg showed that she really loves Al. Yeah, totally. I agree, yep. Al's the resistant guy, of course. Because he's a man. Mm-hmm. Go on. Say it. I don't want to. Come on, Al. I love beer. I love bowling. I don't want to cheapen the meaning of the word. All right, then. Don't say it. Just kiss me and make it a good one. I'd almost kind of rather say it. (laughs) Oh, all right. I'll have to start all over. I never thought you'd really kiss me. God, what an idiot. (laughs) I can't go to the wedding. I must never, ever see Janie again. Although the poor girl might kill herself when she finds out she can never touch this again. I mean, I know I would if I couldn't touch me again. Amen, bud. (laughs) (laughs) I do sometimes wonder, like, one of my biggest fears is, like, losing my fingers or hands or anything. Right. 
because then I would just look down there and be like, well, now what? <laughs> this is my life now. Yeah, like, so what, is, what does my future hold? <laughs> That's all over with? Right. So I guess I'd kill myself, too, if, they, if it came to that. So Jamie comes in a wedding gown to say she thinks that what they did was uh, wrong. Gee, you think? You had sex with a guy on your wedding day before you walked down the aisle to your husband. I don't really know why she took the time to come back to the house after she was clearly at the church already to have this conversation. It doesn't make any sense to me. No, it is very strange. And if she knew he was coming to the wedding, wouldn't she just wait to talk to him? If she felt the need to talk to him. But I wouldn't have felt the need to talk to him because he's the one who said no names, no regrets, no whatever. Well, she wasn't paying attention because of the pain. Oh, that's right, the pain. Look, I made a mistake. I don't know how I could have done this. Don't blame yourself. Blame God for giving me this body. (laughs) No, it was my fault. I just, I wanted a final fling with someone I could never be interested in or attracted to. And you were perfect. Thanks, baby. I knew it was perfect. Thanks, babe. And again, he took that well. Yeah. Just like the Keebler thing. I think he's just one of those guys that only focuses, he has selective hearing. So all he heard out of that was, wah, 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 you're perfect. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So Jimmy, the husband-to-be, is psychotic. He's an ex-con. Ten years for attempted murder. He did a drive-by shooting. Definitely fits what the Bundys would do. Maybe he's... uh, (laughs) He is in with Eugene Bundy in the line of that family. Remember that guy? Yep. With the who, who remember the the guard sitting next to him, like cocked the gun and pointed at his head, <laughs> as if he's gonna do something just sitting there. Right. Lower Uncton curse be damned. Right. <laughs> Al's fantasizing about that dream girl again, but this time it's a threesome with her sister. How hot is that? Well, it's weird if you're the sisters, I guess. (laughs) Come on, honey, let's go. And they say women are the slow ones. You know, this is an historical first. We are actually in the bedroom, and I am waiting for you to finish. (laughs) Peg, if I need the time, I will take the time because I care about what I look like. Al put the greatest scene of the episode. Al puts on his shirt, tie, and jacket all at once. I'm ready. <laughs> Was that not the most white trash scene you've ever seen in your entire life? <laughs> I've done that though. Going to work. Here, here's a work story for you, Jamie. No, when I, when I <laughs> yeah, for, for once, let Dan tell one. When I get called in for work and it's snowing and they're like, all right, like, come now. You know, we're on call, basically. I've done the same thing. I got my work shirt under a sweatshirt under my work sweatshirt. And oh, then, I've and done that. It just, yeah, it yeah. just all comes off and on at the same time. So, boom, on, out the door. <clears throat> wow, okay. I, I, I can relate to that. I have, like, a long john, a long sleeve and a short sleeve over it and then the zip hoodie there. And sometimes I'll take them all off at once and just put them all <laughs> on go. <laughs> Totally. The only time they get separated is when you got to wash them. Right. That's so funny. Honey, do you ever think what it would be like if we never got married? Actually, I was thinking that right now. (laughs) 
Seriously, Al. Seriously, Peg. <laughs> oh, come on. Your life would be hell without me, and you know it. You couldn't find anyone better than me. Come on, admit it. Mm. I'm your perfect mate. Admit it. No. <laughs> All right, then. Why don't you give me a picture of what your ideal mate would be? Fine. A magnificent young girl with a beautiful face, slim thighs, and a firm apple of a hiney, <laughs> and a set of delicious, scrumptious hooters. Oh, Al, it's me! <laughs> oh, honey, you would marry me again. No. <laughs> like, honey... Listen, you're very good looking for your age and, and all that stuff. Um, you know. Right. What Al's describing is not what is standing in front of him at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Right. Very cute, but no, you're not that. <laughs> Bud is back upstairs with the bride. Bride. <laughs> Looks like we'll have a little time before the wedding. Good. I didn't like this dress anyhow. It doesn't even really seem to phase Alan Pegg. Right. That the bride is having sex with their son. Number one, you'd think they, they've had more reaction to Bud bringing home girls, period. Exactly. Just, just on that alone. Right. Uh, You're getting ready for four hours for the person who happened. Like, how often does the bride show up at your house of a wedding you're getting ready for <laughs> and then go into your son's bedroom after making out with him in the hallway in front of you? Makes sense. It is bizarre, but I guess the joke <laughs> is that there's no reaction. Right, right, yeah. The joke on top of that is Peg saying, well, now I have more time to get ready. Right. Right. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, though, because the non-reaction thing is a reoccurring thing in Married with Children. It's just odd how they go, they kind of bounce between caring and not caring, depending on the situation, you know? Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will care or whatever, and sometimes they just kind of not phased at all, and it'll be the most ridiculous stuff ever. I'd say this moment ranks up there for most ridiculous things. Right, right. So something I noticed when watching this episode, the upstairs hallway is shot for the first time we see that area, by the way. So based on the layout, there's no communal bathroom on the second floor. Like, there is the bathroom in the master bedroom that Peg keeps going in and out of, but no hallway bathroom, as you would expect. Before Al built the garage bathroom, where did the kids go to the bathroom? Uh, right... You know, that they went into Alan Pegg's bedroom every time? Yeah. Because there's nothing else in the house. That's, you know what? That seems like a two-bathroom house, obviously. Right, It's two stories, like you would think, right? Yeah, and until Al built one, there was none. Huh, I never thought about that before, but yeah. I, I almost feel like just because the set design didn't call for it, <laughs> they didn't have it. Yeah, right. They showered in Peg's and Al's master bathroom. Oh, too. that's even weirder. Wow, Kelly walked by in a towel and went back to her bedroom. Oh, wow. Now we're getting into the logistics. Yeah, this this whole theory is kind of blowing up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that can't be accurate. They just failed to put a door. 
<laughs> they did, however, have my bedroom carpet. Really? Wow. Nice. Yep. And, and I mean today. Wow. Really? Wow. Look at you. <laughs> to this day. She has a 90s uh, carpet. In 2020. <laughs> uh, she got it for free at this place she used to work. <laughs> <laughs> Installed it. Um, no, there's a story behind that one too. Tell us, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to install the carpets. <laughs> Have you ever used a carpet kicker? <laughs> this is the only time we get a shot of that hallway ever. We see a brief glimpse uh, outside Kelly's bedroom in season eleven of Bundy Thanksgiving, and that's it. So um, I haven't found the source yet, but Joey Lauren Adams. Previously seen in season six and top of the heap, has claimed that she took Bud's virginity. This is debatable, of course. Some say, kids, what are you going to do in season five? But at least in this one, he definitely does. Yeah, I'd say it's de- it's definitive now. Yes, for sure. What a bizarre thing. Like, to me, it just made no sense that they... Okay, she left her wedding again to, <laughs> to right. go back to the house. Yeah, she was there again. See, that that's where, yeah, like I was trying to pinpoint exactly when that second, <laughs> the second time she was back took place. It had to have been on the day of her wedding, correct? Or the day after? Well, she left after he saw her downstairs, right? Yeah. Right. So she came back again. <laughs> wow. She, really? And this is, yeah, Dan, this is all in one day. They haven't even gone to the wedding yet. Right. This You're right. Good call. Yeah. Because, and then Al says, well, it looks like we're going to have some time before the wedding. Wow. Shows you where, uh, how, how she prioritized, huh? Wow. <laughs> All right, guys, time to rate this episode. So how many times is Petey going to pop out of the clock in one hour out of five times for this episode, Jamie? Inexplicably, Petey is going to pop out of the clock five times oh. in one hour, even though he's only supposed to do it every 15 yes. minutes. But uh, he's broken. But we got five this time. Yeah, he's broken. Well, you know that's what happens when you land in the toilet, <laughs> right? Uh, this uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I loved uh, the Marcy Jefferson bits. They were it was very short but on point. They were very funny, and I love the fact. I love it when they're compartmentalized like that. You know, and you get like the Bud Kelly moments and the right. Al Peg moments, and you know how I'm such a softy. You know how I am whenever they admit that they actually love each other. So, right. wow, five out of five, great rating for a wedding show. Dan, how many times is Petey popping out of the clock for you? Out of five <laughs> in an hour. Petey, Petey's popping out of the clock five times too for me. For Yay! sure. For sure. This is okay. This is what was great about this episode going in, though, because you know I I really did. I, you know I felt bad on the last episode, you know, because I did not love it <laughs> at oh. all. And 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 I was like, you know, sitting there hoping. I'm like, I hope this episode's good. Right out of the gate, right out of the gate, just crushing it. And I'm like, okay, I'm liking it. The story was was cohesive. It was also. Uh, the Mar the Marcy and Jefferson stuff definitely put it over the top for sure. Uh, also, I just love the whole whole setup with with Joey Lord Adams and Bud and everything. Just this episode was great, and I was so excited that it was great <laughs> coming off of that last episode because I do I feel bad. I'm like, oh no, I'm like I hope I you know 
I hope I gave that a fair shake and I hope I'm not, you know, biased in any way. And then I watched this. I'm like, oh, I was like, no, I was like, I see everything. Clearly, this episode is fantastic. And no seven. And no seven. See, that's what I'm saying. That's and we what totally forgot to even talk about that again. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, right? But yeah, that it, yeah, it, it gets a five just because seven isn't in this episode. <laughs> On top of that, though, it still gets a five for everything else. I thought it was great. Wow, nice. Um, gee, I, I hate to be like a Debbie Downer, but I wasn't going to give it that high rating. Oh, really? Not for any reason, though. It's not like that type of episode to me for some reason. Um, but Petey's popping out uh, on schedule four times <laughs> out of five. <laughs> you know? Like, for no particular reason. I, I have no real reason to take away a point or anything. I feel really bad after you get two in a row that I'm the last to go, and it's like four, but... <laughs> That's okay. Petey only popped out twice for Bud. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, it was great. Um, I loved the, the chemistry of Alan Pegg in this episode. I loved... And Bud, man, for a first chick, that's a, that's a hot chick, man. That's a great start. I had a great start like that, too, by the way. The beginning with Al dreaming about the chick and the bed, them getting ready, all the bits, the tie bit, the Marcine Jefferson thing was great, Kelly and Bud talking was great, the friends, they looked hot coming down the stairs and those short black leather things, and it was just uh, really good, and a good ending, and we see it all, then they want to do it again, Alan Pegg. Let's go keep getting ready to go to the wedding. You know, it's like amazing. They don't even think, oh, well, I guess the wedding's off. They don't even think anything like that. They just think that there's more time till they have to be there, which is even a, a joke in itself if you look into it at all, you know. So that was great. Um, tune in next week as we review. It doesn't get any better than this. Wow. Are they talking about, like, is this going to get a five, too? Or is that just a clever title? Uh, <laughs> Al takes a fishing trip alone. Only to have Peg and Marcy show up and spoil his vacation. I swear.